This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That say that I'm joined on Football CFB by a true Aston Villa legend, the captain of the league winning side and the captain of the European Cup winning team as well, Dennis Mortimer. Dennis, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, good morning to, to you and uh, and obviously to everybody who's uh, going to be picking up this broadcast, Callum. The first thing we need to say, it's the 40th anniversary of the league winning success. Um, can you believe how quickly time flies? You shouldn't remind me of things like that, you know, because <laughs> uh, I'll remind you about later when you get to my age. Yeah, uh, no, it has. It's flown by. You know, it's forty years on. We've never really celebrated uh, the winning of the championship. <clears throat> we've done the. Uh, we've we've done we've done the winning the European Cup, uh, but we've never done the we, we've never done this. This one, <coughs> excuse me, Callum. I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. Anyway, we've got we 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 now this we decided, you know, that instead of maybe waiting for forty years of and which is next season where we or the season after where we won the European Cup, we thought we'd celebrate this one, and you know, and we we just thought it would be nice because forty years on, you know, none of us are getting any younger. And uh, it's one of those things that sort of brings to mind, you know, that you think to yourself, well, how many more years can we go where we've got the majority of the team actually, you know, still with us? Uh, as you probably might not know, uh, there was only 14 players that season who, who played in that championship year. Uh, we've lost one of them, and that was Eamon DC, And he was probably the youngest of the lot, you know, so... Uh, it was it was just a thought with you know a few of us that we let let's let's celebrate this one and uh, let's get together because you know the most important thing for us is is getting together you know as a team I suppose we've never been together for for a few years now obviously we had the European Cup uh, celebrations as I mentioned before but but this one you know this one was special because you know without winning the league we'd never won the European Cup. And, and it was that obvious in those days that if you wanted to, to get into the, the European Cup competition, you had to be champions of your league, uh, as against of today when you can finish in the top four uh, and still win it. You know, so to win the league was the, 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 the biggest, I think, you know, the biggest accolade that the club had won for many, many years. And from our point of view, being part of that team, it was just part of history, really. You mentioned the fact it's part of history, and it certainly is. See, going into that season under Ron Saunders, you mentioned the fact there's a small squad. What were your expectations, um, realistic expectations? If I could be perfectly honest, Callum, when, when we'd had our pre-season and we'd come back from uh, a few games abroad, 
And we went into that season and we 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 just acquired uh, Peter with, you know, he he come into the squad and we we had that preseason, those preseason games and, and the way we were playing, it must have given I think most of the lads in the team a feeling that this could be a very good year or a very good season. Yeah. So it was I think it was as early as that, but probably I think it was the very first game we played that season, which was against Leeds United away. And we came away from that game having won 2-1. But having played, I felt, you know, some tremendous football. Yeah. And just coming out of that game, I think everybody must have just felt, you know, we're the team here. We've got a chance. And I think it was as early as that, really. I wouldn't say it was like halfway through the season or anything like that. I'd say it was from day one. Yeah, when we actually felt we could do it. In terms of feeling that you could do it, was having a small squad, in a sense, where you think now 14 players winning a title would be unheard of now. Clubs have got 25-man squads and then they can play youth players in with that as well. So most teams end up playing about 30-odd players through a season. But in a way, was having a small squad an advantage in the sense that you had a really strong bond between not only the manager, but, but the group of boys as well? I think I think that was really down to the to the guys and and the fitness of them, you know. I think it was. Uh, I mean, we didn't go into the season think that we were only going to use fourteen players. Uh, there were there were other players on the on on the periphery who who who, who, who could have come in and done a job. Yeah, for anyone who got injured. But there was there were seven of us who played every game that season, you know. So it was always going to be difficult for anybody to get into the team, no matter what they were doing, playing in the reserves. Uh, because, you know, seven of us sort of remaining in the team for every game obviously showed that there was a lot of consistency in it. Uh, so the having the small squad wasn't, a thing something that the manager would have thought at the start of the season that we're only going to use 14 players. I think that was just sheer luck, really, uh, and the sheer determination of the players that were, were in the team you didn't want to. You wanted to be in the team every week, you know, for every game, and so th- through that, you know, I mean, we lost Peter with a few times through uh, suspension, <clears throat> but in 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 him going out, we were always able to bring in David Geddes, and Dave played quite an important part when he came in into the team because he scored some valuable goals for us. So it was, uh, it, it, you know, it was. It was just something that happened, Callum, really, that we only used 14 players. I don't think it was something that the manager set out at the start of the season, thinking that, yeah, we're only going to use 14 players this year, even less. You know, it was just something that actually happened. And uh, and it, it, it was, it was helpful out, you know, as you said earlier, it was helpful because it gave us a consistency. And, and, and you know, we grew as a team, really, uh, as the season went on. And it was, it was it's always good to know you know, how are you going to play week in and week out? And although sometimes when Dave Geddes came into the team, I would have to admit we had to change the way we played slightly because Dave was a totally different player than what Peter With was. So we had to just adjust, we had to adjust occasionally in those games to suit the style of Dave Geddes, uh, which, you know, was sometimes difficult because, you know, depending on the team you were playing, but, but we had to do that. Otherwise, we might not have gotten the best out of David Geddes if we just tried to play him as Peter Wood played. 
that's that's a good point. You've got to be adaptable, um, especially when players have got different styles. And in terms of that season, you start well. You win your you win three, draw one in your first four, but then you lose two in the bounce. So the full season wasn't plain sailing. There were some real challenges as well. Just describe the early part of the season because, you, as I say, you can fly out the traps and then have a wee bit of a setback. Yeah, well, the first step back really, we 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 were uh, we remained unbeaten up until we played our first game against Ipswich Town at Portman Road, and I've got a little bit of a quote here for you, which is uh, from a, a a book that I've got, and it was it was from our one one nil defeat to Portman Road, and it's 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 uh, it's Bobby Robson saying that who was the manager then of uh, Ipswich Town. We scrambled our victory, observes Itchwich Town manager Bobby Robson. He says one player in particular stood out for Robson, that that Gary Shaw will be some player, he says, referring to Villa's 19-year-old striker. He's quick, brave and sees things early. So everybody, although we lost to, to, uh, to, to Ipswich three times that season, you know, we, we were always as good, if not better than them, but we didn't get the results. And I think sometimes that clouded the issue around, you know, whether we were the the rightful winners of the league. But we can come to that later on anyway. But yeah, the early season, you know, we, we, we started really well and we did have our hiccups. But the, the beauty of it was is that we always stayed in there. and We didn't get too far away from those who were sort of at the top. But the most important team that you needed to stay close to was Liverpool. Because, you know, they were champions, champions, champions forever. And so, you know, you had to make sure that if you kept them within within touching distance, there was always a good chance that when you come to play them, if you could put one over on them, there was a good chance then you could actually be equal to them and then go above them, uh, which, which proved the case later on in the season. But, but you know, there was, there's always going to be ups and downs in any season. But it's, it's how you keep on bouncing back, Callum. And we were able to do that and keep focused. But the focus wasn't on, you know, every every week saying, come on, guys, you know, we're going to win the league. It was just about taking every game as it came because you can't look that far forward because, you know, there's always going to be hiccups. And within those hiccups, you don't know when they're going to come. You know, so it was important just to stay focused every game. We had a manager who, who, who kept us that way in Ron Saunders. He kept everybody's feet on the ground. We, 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 we remained and we did exactly the same every week. You know, training was no different. There was never any sort of problems from the point of view of a crisis meeting. Everything was just played, you know, as we took it. The next game comes along. Let's have a go. Forget the last one and let's start again. And and start again. You absolutely did after that run. And, and in terms of that season, something that people forget, and we talked about this all fair before we began, there was not just Birmingham, there was lots of derbies that season. You had West Brom, you had Forest, you had Derby, you had Wolves. Just what was it like having so many derbies? Because those games are games where form can go out the window and they can be very tough. So how did the club and the squad handle having so many in that season? I think you're quite right. You know, it's uh, how do you plan for games like that? Well, you know, it was like every game. It was just the question on the day. Ron Saunders' mantra was, you know, do what you did last week and we'll be okay. You know, so it was, there was never, 
to be honest, Callum, there was never any real planning about games with Ron. He was very straightforward. He never, he never wanted to worry you about what you might be facing because as a player, you already knew that. But when it came to local derbies, there was always a certain amount of uh, what you would call the, 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 the X factor or the, the unknown factor, really, which was how, how things are going to go from the point of view of being a local derby. You know, what was going to be the reaction of the other team? You know, whenever anyone was playing against us in the Midlands, it was it, it, it wasn't a real sort of, it was a physical at that time, there was a lot of physicality about those kind of games, you know, but that was the nature of the game anyway in those days. You know, there was a lot of physicality, so you had to match the other team with that physicality, and then hopefully you'd come out on top. You know, they were close games. There was never, you know, there was never any big wins. Uh, everything was had to, had to be battled for, uh, you know, and, and particularly at the end of the season when we... We played West Brom at Villa Park with about five or six games to go. And uh, we we won the game 1-0 uh, with a very late goal when Brand, uh, Brendan Batson uh, made a, a back pass to his goalkeeper, which got cut out by Peter with and he scored. Now, that game could have easily ended up 0-0. And at the time, West Brom were actually in a good position as well in the league. So... You know, a lot of people got to realise that a lot of teams that we were playing against, you know, there, there was a lot of good teams around in those days. You know, there was quality in every team. So, you know, to beat those kind of teams, you really had to be, you know, at the top of your, of your top of your game. And if you weren't at the top of your game, you just had to make sure that the, you didn't make it easy for the opposition, i.e. giving them opportunities to score. But but derbies, you know, they, they, they were tough games. And, uh, you know, the... The, the, the physical side of it, particularly the Birmingham games, the, the Birmingham games always became very physical. You know, it was uh, it, you had to you had to like, accept that and just get out there and, and just get on with it. And uh, you know, we were able to do that most of the time and uh, and come out on top. But you know, it's it's totally different now. You know, there's not that many derbies for the guys to play, and 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 I'm, I'm sure it would be great one day if, if you know the whole of the Midlands could be playing in the in the in the Premier League because they were the kind of games that fans like to watch. Absolutely, we all love a derby match, regardless of who we support. And in terms of the squad, we talked about the fact it was a small squad that was close knit. Two real runs in that season for me were crucial when you look back through the history books. You went unbeaten from September to the end of November. That was 12 games where you drew three of those games, but you won the other nine, which is, which is very impressive. And then you ended up going on another similar run from, from December until March, where you went on a run where you drew two, but you won nine again. So in terms of that form, what do you think was behind that form? Was it Ron Saunders just having, as you said earlier, a sort of, laid-back approach of keeping everyone's feet in the ground and, and, and making sure you just went into each game playing your own way? Was it the group of boys and, and the likes of Wyth and Shaw and Gordon Cowens and, and yourself and others? What do you think was behind those runs? <laughs> I, I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't tell you what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it, yeah? I think it was just a, 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 a steely determination what we had in that side was a was a really good ex experienced sort of uh, group of players, and we had some really really good young players. 
So there was there was a good blend actually, you know, and and the the more experienced players now, we we had an awful lot of games behind us having played in the first division, you know. So there was a lot of experience there, which was I think a big help to the younger players. But we had individual players as well who on the day, you know, were able to turn it on and 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 produce really good stuff, you know. You. You look at sometimes the, the the contribution of Tony Morley, you know, and and if we all remember back to that uh, that season, <clears throat> the goal he scored against Everton, which was the goal of the season, uh, where we won three one. And again, I've 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 got an interesting quote for you on the that was on the seventh of February nineteen eighty one, on the morning of the league fixture Everton, Bob Paisley, the Liverpool manager, cites. Ipswich Town, not Villa, as Liverpool's main rivals for the title. Villa respond with a rousing 3-1 win at Goodison, where television cameramen captured Tony Morley's stunning strike. So, you know, it was, it, it was. I suppose when you, you read quotes like that as well, you know, whenever you go through the season, it always gives you a little bit of a spare on and say, what do these people know? You see, you've got to remember as well as that. Uh, Ron Saunders was was a very sort of dour man in a way, uh, and you know he he was known for not smiling. But that was only you know sort of a a a, a sort of mask he put on when he was talking to the press. But behind the scenes, you know, he was a very jovial, smiley man, and he he you know he he liked a bit of fun. But at the time, the, the the press, the sort of like what you call a London press, they were all in Ipswich camp. You know, they they were behind Bobby Robson. They wanted you know Ipswich Town to be the champions, and and so you know one of the fronts we were fighting on a little bit was was sometimes uh, the lack of support or recognition of how good a team we were, especially from outside of the Midlands press. Obviously, the Midlands press were right behind us, yeah, because they, you know, it was great for them because now there's an opportunity for them to be writing good stuff week in and week out about a team that could become the champions of the the first division. So, so we always had that against us, but you know, it was it was never brought up, but it was always in the background. You could always sense that, you know, and and I, I just think that was a big spare for us as well, just to, uh, you know, to to, to keep knocking people who would get criticised us and putting them back on their heels and making them realise, hey, hey, you know, there's actually something about this Aston Villa side, you know, that, that, that could prove us wrong. And and in the end, we did. In the end, you absolutely did. And, and in terms of that, that squad, something that's sometimes overlooked by people out with Aston Villa is the defence and the defensive record. Conceded 40 goals that season. When you can compare that to Ipswich, Arsenal, West Brom and Liverpool, who you were nearest challengers, it's, it's a better defensive record than those. And you scored more goals than all of those sides, apart from Ipswich, you scored five more. Just how crucial was the defence as well as the attack that season? It's The whole team, Callum, as I said early on, it's, it was about a team game, you know, and, and we had a very strong... Uh, we had two really good centre-halves, you know, uh, two Scotsmen who, you know, had, had formed a good relationship. We had a good, a great goalkeeper in Jimmy Rimmer, you know, and he, he was a, a, a really good goalkeeper, Jimmy. He hadn't played a lot of games before that, you know, at Man United, 
but he was being kept out of the team by Alex Stephanie. But you know, he was a he was a good, experienced goalkeeper. You know, very professional. Uh, and then we had you know a really good right back in Kenny Swain, who who Ron Saunders had converted from a, a centre forward into a right back. Recognised the, the the sort of attributes of Ken. You know, very very strong, very good, uh, very intelligent. You know, and and then the other side on the left, we had two really good young players. One was Gary Williams and and Colin Gibson, who you know sort of made that position interchangeable throughout the season. So neither one of them was was ever the sort of uh, you know in there every week. But 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 the pair of them, whenever they played, you know, made up that back defence. And so that back five, you call it, as against the back four, because you've always got to remember the goalkeeper is part of that defence. You know, they, they were pretty solid. And as you mentioned, we only conceded 40, uh, 40 goals. But the overall thing when you think at the end of the season is, is that we also had more points than everybody else, you know. <laughs> and, and, and that's the only way you win the league, Callum, is that, you know, and this is what Ron said, you know, right at the end. Well, we've got more points than anybody else. So, you know, that, that puts us top of the league. So you can't argue against that. You know, we, we won more games. We got more points. That now is the determining factor about why we won the league. But you're quite right. You know, the defence part was important. And the attack part, particularly being led by Peter, who had already been successful at Nottingham Forest, and, you know, he was a wily old character and uh, he knew his way around. But to have a young player like Gary Short playing alongside him as well, it must have been great for Gary, you know, to have someone like him, you know, to sort of uh, to give him, you know, the, the benefit of his experience of actually playing, uh, you know, as a pair up front you know, in, in, in a lot of games where, you know, they were very physical, you know, and, and particularly for a young player like Gary, you know, it, that part of it actually be, is something that you have to overcome early on because players will try and make it difficult for you from a, a defensive point of view. But he handled that really well, and I think having Peter with him was 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 a real benefit. Playing in midfield like you did was having a striker like Peter with just the absolute dream to play with, in the sense that you knew more often than not, if you created a chance, he would finish it. Yeah, I think I think going back to earlier what I said about you know the the, the thing with Dave Geddes and, and Peter was that when Peter played we played we did play a different approach. Uh, Peter was more of a target man where Peter would sort of show for us and we'd hit him and then we'd we'd bounce the ball off him as we'd say and link up. So that link up would be coming from the midfield into the forwards, you know, and then it it come back and and it it gave us an opportunity as a team to stay connected. Whereas when we played with Dave, Dave Geddes, Dave was more of a runner. He wanted the ball behind defences uh, to run on two. Now that 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 then does cause you another problem because that when you're putting the ball behind the defence and you're chasing after it, Callum, it means that we've got to be chasing after Dave then to, to support him. And that, that now makes it a totally different game than what you play, you normally play. So Peter was... You know, it, it, it was the fulcrum of what everything we did in a way because we were a very good counter-attacking team. We could spring from the back to the front in two or three passes, and we'd be in the box and, and score on a goal. And and that was how we want. That's how we liked to play. 
Yeah, so so having Peter in there, you know, was was, was so important to the way we, we'd set ourselves up as a team. We didn't like to play, you know, we weren't a team that wanted to play long balls all the time over the top. We weren't a team that wanted to just put the ball, you know, behind defences and, and then chase after it. We wanted to try to be a team that built up because the, the nucleus of the team, yeah, we all like to have the ball at our feet. We all like to link up with each other. And so that was the way we wanted to play. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of the time you think to yourself, well, did Ron make it that way? Or did that just develop because the players that were in the team actually just decided, well, you know, this is the way we look good. This is the way we know we've got the advantage. So we'll play this way. And I think that's what it was, really. We found... We found our own way of playing, I think. But it was Ron who put that that team together and in, in, a, in a way allowed us to think about, well, you know, how are we going to play this game? What is it that how are we going to play against other teams? What's our, what's our strategy when we play against other teams? And that I think that came about unconsciously by the players, yeah, because of the nature of the way the players played themselves. And that was the link that Ron gave us, you know, by bringing the players in who we thought, yeah, because Ron must have had an idea in his head what, how he wanted us to play. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But he never really put that over to us. Yeah, it was just, you know, I've got a team here, a team of players. You work it out. You're the intelligent ones. You're on the football field. You go out there and play. One of the players I really want to ask you about being Scottish, of course, is, is Gordon Cowan's just... Just what was he like to play alongside? Well, Gordon was, and again, he was one of our young players who'd come into the side uh, alongside with, with Gary Shaw. And, uh, you know, what Gordon had was a, was a great vision. And it was quite interesting, actually, because I was, I was just talking to Ken McNaught the other day, and we were just talking about, you know, the team and the individual players. And, and Ken, was just, Ken was telling me that, he was forever telling Gordon to stop trying to play the killer pass all the time. And if you, you know, the killer pass is always the, the, the more you know expensive, expansive one. You know where you think you can do it because you've seen a run, you've seen a player, and you want to play it because you think you can. But but sometimes you know maybe fifty percent of them come off and fifty percent don't. But when they don't come off, it sometimes put you under pressure because there might have been. A hole left behind in midfield if myself or Des Bremner had gone had gone forward to help the forwards or get beyond the forwards. And should Gordon try and pick us out, yeah, that that it might if it broke down now, it meant that we all had to get back again and and and, and reshape. So it would then put Ken and Alan Evans under pressure. And obviously Ken was one of them didn't want too much pressure and Alan. So you know, he'd sometimes get onto Gordon and say, look. Stop trying to play that expansive pass all the time. Keep the ball, you know. But his talent was there, you know, from an early age. Left foot, right foot. He could play that pass if he, if he saw it, you know. And what he did, he kept continuity going with the rest of us in midfield. And he, he proved in the end that he was a class player, you know. He went on to play for England uh, and he got many caps. Uh, he had that brief spell in Italy and then came back to Villa and had a second career with them. And... When he came back again, he was he was he was certainly a key a key part of that team under under Graham Taylor. You know when David Platt was playing and people, 
because it was Gordon really in his passing ability that really made Dave uh, uh, Dave Platt into a into a an international player because without Gordon's presence on the pitch and his ability to to see a run, then David Platt's runs forward might have been totally missed. So Dave Platt was. Uh, was very thankful to have Gordon in the team as we were, you know, uh, during that season. In terms of that season, within the dressing room, who were the real big characters that that marshaled that dressing room? Uh, well, if you, there was always jesters. Yeah, there was always people who had a bit of fun. But I think I don't think there was anyone bossing the dressing room. Uh, everyone was very focused in that in that changing room, you know. When we when we we were getting there just before the game, and we we, we would get ourselves for. And everybody had a different way about going about their preparation, you know. Some some players like to go out and have a kick about on the pitch beforehand. Some players like to just stay in and um, and just do their warm ups and everything inside the the changing room itself. Uh, there's some players who didn't like to get changed until about half past two with only half hour to go because it was still outside sort of uh, waiting for people to hand their tickets over to and having a chat with but you know everybody had their own way tell them you know about what to do so there was no one bossing that but there's always an interesting there was always an interesting scenario in the dress room and maybe a, a lot of people might not have heard this for a long time now but Ron used to whenever when I was captain, I would we all both captains used to go into the referee's room and uh, you'd have a little chat with him and he'd tell you you know one or two little things and you'd hand the team sheet over to him yeah and then and then what he would do then you'd exchange t- uh, you'd exchange one with the referee and one with the with the opposition and so obviously I'd get the opposition uh, team sheet and it was only a little pink slip you know sort of one to one to uh, one to eleven, all the names written down, signed by the manager, and it was interesting. Whenever I so I bring it in, I'd, I'd hand it over to, to 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 Ron Saunders straight away, so he could have a look at it. He'd have a quick look at it, and it would be a quick look, Callum. And you, and then what he'd do with it, he'd screw it up into a ball and throw it on the floor, <laughs> right? Because again, that was his psychology, you see, because. He didn't. He wasn't interested in talking to us now. Who was playing for Ipswich Town? Who was playing for Liverpool? Who was playing for West Brom? Who was playing for Birmingham? He would expect us to know that, yeah. And he would expect us to know what those players are capable of doing. So he'd throw that on the floor. And the first one to ever pick it up was Alan Evans, because Evo did want to know who he was playing against, yeah. So you go, he'd go into there and, and look at it and then say, all oh, right. Because sometimes, obviously, you get to a game, if you had no idea of what the other team were going to be and they might have had some injuries, you know, Alan and, and Ken, they really wanted to know who they were going to be battling against that day. Yeah, but the most, the rest of us, we were just getting on with our own game. But that was, a, that was one of those psychological things that, that Ron introduced, really, into the dressing room, you know, is that he, he would just... He wasn't interested in the opposition, Callum. He was only interested in us and how we prepared and how and how prepared we were for those games. It, one thing that interests me, and we've talked about it a few times, is how close that that campaign was in the sense that you win the league on 60 points 
Ipswich have 56, Arsenal 53, 52 for West Brom and 51 for Liverpool. Just what was it like towards the end of that season? Because it was so tight in the sense that every single game mattered. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, when you go for something, such a big prize, you know, as the first division championship, it's, uh, and it's it's in reach of you. And we we had we had three games to play at the end of the season, and we only had to win two of them. Yeah, to, and it would have been ours. So we had we had Stoke City to play on the sort of uh, bank holiday. Yeah, and then we had Middlesbrough at home, and then we had Arsenal away. So they were the three games we had to play, and we needed four points really to win it without without sort of any you know sort of chance of even if switch or liverpool or west brom winning it you see so we just needed four points and i remember going to the stoke game and thinking well if we could win this game today yeah we've got middlesbrough next week which i always felt we're going to win that anyway because it's our it's an own game our last game of the season so the important game for me then was as those three was actually the stoke game so going into that Stoke game now, I just felt, you know, here we go. If we could get two points today, two points next week, we would have won the league then against Middlesbrough. But because we've only got the one point against Stoke, it meant that winning against 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 uh, Middlesbrough the following week, still in a, in a, in effect left us one short of the title, depending on how the other teams went. Yeah. So, so we, we goes into the last game of the season then, still needing one point. Effectively, if the other teams, if Ipswich win their last three games. So, so we've got, uh, <clears throat> we go into that game, but I think a lot of people don't, uh, have forgotten, and you already mentioned it, Arsenal were actually third in the league. Yeah. So it wasn't going to be an easy game for us to go down to, to Highbury, you know, and, and, and win the game. But a draw wouldn't have been enough. But as the game progressed, you know, we, we were 2-0 down. The game was getting close to the end. It was, you know, I'm sure the lads were starting to think, well, you know, we're going to, it means that we're going to have to probably wait another week. Yeah, because obviously Ipswich had more games to play than us. Uh, but in the end, you know, <clears throat> our game is coming to the close. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had this eruption coming from the Villa fans. And we could only guess what was going on. We didn't know what was going on, really, but we, we were just wondering why were the Villa fans all celebrating and our game hadn't finished. So, you know, we've got a situation where we're still playing. We're 2-0 down, but we know <clears throat> at, the, at that time we haven't won the league. But then we're rushing. Once, once the, uh, the whistle went for our game, our fans just started to run onto the pitch. Because they knew something we didn't know, Callum. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we didn't know that until we actually got into the tunnel. Yeah, uh, getting into the dressing room. You know that Ipswich had lost against Middlesbrough, and we were champions. You know, so it was. <clears throat> I, I just the end of that season. Now it, it, it was. It was three games really, as I said. But if we'd have won the Stoke game, then we could have actually been playing Middlesbrough. And then the following week, going down to Highbury, we could have actually been presented with the trophy on the pitch. 
Whether that would have taken place, I doubt it. Because there was, I don't know how many Villa fans were down there that day, but, but certainly there was an awful lot. And whether they'd allowed us to sort of get on that pitch and receive the trophy, it would have been, it, that would have been an interesting scenario. But the, the thing was, if we'd have gone into the, the Middlesbrough game having only needed two points, then maybe the trophy would have been at Villa Park anyway. And those two, those two points and beat Middlesbrough would have given, a, given us the title. So there would have been an opportunity then to have gone, gone out with the trophy and uh, taken it around the pitch, which I think would have been more fitting. Yeah. From the point, from our point of view, because we had to wait then, <clears throat> we had to wait then the next morning when we all congregated at Villa Park, and uh, we were presented with the trophy by Sir Jack Wiseman, and uh, we made our way then from Villa Park uh, into into Birmingham and the Town Hall, uh, so that we could um, display the trophy uh, on the balcony in in Birmingham. So it was. Uh, I suppose in one way it was an anticlimax that we couldn't do that on the pitch. But but from our point of view, yeah, we got our hands on the trophy and it was ours. And Aston Villa now were first division champions uh, for the first time for God knows how many years. In terms of winning that title, Aston Villa being the champions of England, just, just describe the, the feeling behind that, not only for yourself, but... The atmosphere from the fans, because when you present that trophy, absolute pandemonium. Yeah, it's uh, you know when you're a professional footballer, it's it's when you when you look at things like this at the uh, the cool light uh, of day, it's it's what it is. It, it's it's what we were. It's what we're playing for, Callum. You know, and it's 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 very matter of fact because you win it once. And it's, it's, it's the greatest thing you could ever do from a professional footballer's point of view is be, is be triumphant and win a trophy. And what, what then you have to realise after that is that, well, you know, within another six weeks, you're back again doing it again. So you, you do want to savour that moment and you want to really enjoy it and you want to enjoy it with the fans. Because you know they've they've experienced an awful lot themselves throughout that season, the ups and downs, and you know they can only hope that their players that they support are going to do the business for them. There's not a lot they can do besides just support you, you know, throughout the campaign. So you know the I suppose the relief is the first thing that we've now got our hands on the trophy, and then you you start to enjoy it afterwards. You know, it's it's just something that, you know, at the time, it it takes its time to sink in. But then as the days and the weeks wear on, you realise what an, a very important part as a, as a player you've played in the history of a great football club. And the fans themselves who were there, they'll always remember. <clears throat> and this is what this 40th anniversary is all about, really. Yeah. That we're, we're, we're putting why we're doing this is that we want those fans to relive that that season again because because when we discuss this it's only going to be about this season it's not it's not going to be about the European Cup and where where we went from winning the league this 40th anniversary is all about 
winning the league for both us, the players, and for those fans who were around at the time. And that's why what we're doing is we're bringing out a very special book, you know, which is which is going to highlight what that season was all about from a different perspective than just having players making comments about, you know, how it felt for them and everything like that. This book is a little bit special because it's it's the way it's being it's the way it's being built is around showing every program front from every game and then behind that and a couple of pages is going to be bits of information that that fans might have not remember or they've not they've not seen yeah before and so it's it's going to be a record yeah of of that season from from a, a really uh, from the point of view of the fact that it, it it's all it's all bits bits of that season that are going into the book i.e. ticket stubs season ticket books you know so pictures of things that you know uh, from the players you know that 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 fans might not have seen before so it's going to be a, a really interesting tribute to that team uh, and you know to to what happened in in 1980 81 it's it's definitely a special tribute it's something that the fans are are going to be delighted to to get their hands on um having looked at the the reaction so far since it's been announced it's been incredible and then you can go to www.av40tribute.com to get your hands on the book. You can even sponsor a match in there, which is absolutely incredible. And, and some of the, the goodies you get if you sponsor a match in terms of signed memorabilia is incredible too. I just want to finish, Dennis, with a few quick-fire questions about that season. First one being, who was your toughest direct opponent you came up against that season? I would never say there was an individual opponent that was a worry to me. I always felt that they had to worry about me, Callum. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, the toughest teams were, were, were the like, I mean, so a team like West Brom were very good physically as well as football wise. And being a local derby, that was always going to be a difficult game to play. If you're looking at talent, a player that you sort of felt to yourself, I don't want to play against him. There was never, I never had that problem. Never had that problem. I would always think it was about a team, difficult teams you've got to play against. Is always, is always the the one that, that I thought about, not about an individual player. There were good individual players in that team, but they never confronted me. Like there was lots of good forwards. You know, you look at Liverpool and Kenny Dalglish. You know, you think to yourself, well, I'm glad I'm not marking him. Yeah, you know, so, so, but in midfield, there was, midfield was a, an area where, you know, you could, you could get to grips with who you were playing against and you could, you could impose yourself on them. And that was the important thing from my point of view is that impose yourself on them and then that makes their job yeah, more difficult. But I never had, you know, I've been asked that question many times over the years in Q&As. And uh, the answer's always been what I've told you, is that it was more of a team that you had to worry about than it was an individual player, from my point of view. Looking back on that season, is there a particular game you look at and think, well, that was a game where, with hindsight, it was just absolutely vital? Well, it it would always be the game against Liverpool. 
uh, when we played them, uh, when myself and Peter with, yeah, we we were the goal scorers that day, yeah, and and as I said earlier on, Liverpool were always the team that you had to judge yourself against, and they were the team that you had to get out of the the title race, and I felt on that day if we could beat them, we could put them out of the title race, but also make our job a little bit easier. And it was, it was, when you think about it, it was two scousers who actually scored against Liverpool that day. So it was quite fitting, really, that we uh, we came out on top. But 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 that was the game, I think, that, that really gave us, as a team, that belief for the rest of the season that, you know, we can beat Liverpool at their best. Yeah, and they were at the best, you know. They, 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 were, a, they were a class team. If we can beat them, then we've, we've really got a chance now winning this league. In terms of that season also, we talked about Ipswich Town earlier and the London press being, being really desperate for Ipswich to win that title. What were they like to play against that season? Obviously, they came out on top on a few occasions. And also, what was it like when the reaction was uh, Ipswich should have won the league, etc.? Right, well, playing against them, as I, as, I, as I quoted earlier on, you know, when we lost at, at uh, Portman Road in the early season, you know, our first defeat, you know, Bobby Robson, you know, he, he, he realised that his team had, had, had scrambled it. But, you know, when I, if you look back at it uh, and you, you compare the two teams, you know, Ipswich Town was full of international footballers that season. We didn't have one international player in our team. So, so some people, you can look at that and think to yourself, well, Limonek Ipswich must have been a really good team if they, had, if they were a team full of international stars. You know? And there were two players in particular, two Dutch players playing in midfield, who, who, who were really getting a lot of press. Yeah, Tyson and Muren. And both players in a similar mould, actually, you could say, to like Johan Cruyff. And so, so from our point of view... You know, we'd gone to we'd gone to Portman Road, and I felt we'd, we'd we'd played them off the park. But but you know, we lost one nil. We played them then in the FA Cup and lost one nil in the third round. And then the third game was uh, was was at home near the end of the season, where we lost two one at home. Uh, so you know, it's quite an interesting story when Ipswich uh, won that game at Villa Park and. For anyone who remembers Villa Park and I never got a chance to sort of go uh, where the changing rooms were, we had a from the pitch down, from the changing rooms to the pitch, there was there was a really steep row of steps because the, the the changing rooms were at a higher level, and it's quite interesting. And they were pretty close together, the changing rooms. And we remember coming off the pitch at that game and. We walked into our dressing room and obviously both doors are open because the players are coming off the pitch and everything. And there was a, <clears throat> there was a lot of shouting and hollering and everything coming from the Hipswich, uh, Hipswich Town dressing room. And it was as if they were celebrating already that they'd won the league. And you could imagine in our dressing room how we were probably, we were a bit downhearted because we'd lost the game, which... Obviously, we, 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 we knew that we needed to win, you know, to keep that pressure off Ipswich Town because it was still very close. So we were, we were a bit down with that. But then having heard all this hollering and everything going on in the Ipswich Town, it was as if it was a sort of lift for us because we felt, 
you know, they're already celebrating, but it's not over yet. And it's 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 quite interesting because you know Ron would 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 use that you know as a another psychological ploy, you know, sort of later on in the season, talking to the press and saying, well, you know, if we thought they'd won it by then, but they hadn't. And I think that was a, a bit of a spare for us, really, to say, look, you know, this is not over yet. We've lost today, but we've got to keep going. You know, so that was that was a very interesting sort of. If, if the Issus Town players had gone in there and not said anything and just quieted down and just gone in there, gone about with the job, instead of already making out as if they were celebrating, you know, winning the league, that might have turned out. It might have turned out different. But they were a good team, you know, compared to us. And when you compare the two teams from the point of view of, of international footballers, Callum, you know, we had one player who played for England. That was Jimmy Rimmer. That was our goalkeeper. That was many, many years ago. Up until then. Yeah, we were, we didn't have anybody. Yeah, so it was a, you know, we were we were we were that we as I said earlier, we weren't the team that the London press wanted to win the league, but we certainly were the Midlands press, and the London press though, you know, it, because a lot of the headlines were always done really for newspapers were actually done down in London. We were always playing second fiddle to Ipswich Town. And you compare the two managers, Bobby Robson was a very amenable man and he, he, he could talk to the press, you know, forever. But whereas Ron was 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 more sort of straight to the point, didn't want to talk to the press at any great length, you know, and just was very matter of fact. So the, the two the two characters, you know, from the press point of view, so I think that was also something that sort of was 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 what was getting the London press going is because of this lack of communication, you might say, with Ron and the London press, as against Bobby Robson, who was quite happy to be sort of fated uh, by those 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 key soccer writers, you might say, around in that time. The last question I've got for you, um, it's quite a broad question. As I've said earlier on, people can go to www.com av40tribute.com or they can get their hands on the special edition book, they can get their hands on sponsorship for a game and hopefully soon they can get their hands on tickets to come and see some members of the team um, live and answering questions for fans which will be fantastic and hopefully that situation can, can arise soon. The last question I've got, similar to the way we started this interview Dennis, 40 years on, how proud are you when you look back on it now? And what would your message be to the fans in terms of backing the book and backing the events? Well, when you look at those two seasons, Callum, yeah, from a footballing point of view, they were the greatest days of our lives. Yeah, you know, to to have won the championship and then to have gone on and won the European Cup is, is what dreams are made of as a kid. You know, you, you dream of playing football and then as you grow up, you dream of, you know, sort of you're watching your own team play and you're seeing the success they get and then you become a footballer and then you realise yourself, well, I think it's important to play this game, but it's important to try and win something. And to have won those two trophies was, was, was just unbelievable from the point of view of, of, I think, your own career and what you set out to do. From the point of view of the club, well, it's the greatest two years the club have ever had in their history, you know, and, and 
when you look back and when the fans look back and those that were around at the time, you know, the the ones now are sort of uh, probably a lot of the fans who were around at the time now, they're key, they're still key players from the point of view, or key supporters around the football club. A lot of those guys we, we will meet when we go up there and we, we sort of do a little bit of a work for the football club on a on a match day. And we talk to box holders and a lot of those guys were just ordinary fans when they started out. And now they're, 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 they're sort of they're, they're supporting their team from a different point of view is just standing on the terraces. They're, they're actually private box holders who were who are doing business with the football club. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who have grown up with us. And I think I think what this is, hopefully this will do, we'll just, again, relight the fire really around 40 years ago when, you know, we were sitting on top of the world as a football club, having won the league and then won the European Cup. And you've got 40, you've got 40 years now gone. And in that time, you know, there's been a couple of League Cup wins and there's been a couple of appearances in the FA Cup final. But but nothing else, no other trophy of real, uh, you know, sort of, you would say the top end has come to the football club. So, so you know, what you've got to remember as a football fan is the past. But you've also got to think of the future and what could be. And everyone hopes now that the future for, for Villa is that, you know, this season can, can stay, uh, stay, Villa can stay in the first, in the, in the, uh, in the, the Premiership and they then go on to become a, a great team again, you know, and hopefully this, this, this celebration might just inspire the fans to, you know, to think to themselves, this is a great club, we need to support them. Let's get behind them. Let's let's do what we can to make things happen on the football field, because you know that part is important as well to every football club. Is the fans play a big part, but the players play the biggest part because they're the ones on the pitch having to do it. So to me and all the rest of the lads, we're so proud of what we did. We're so proud of being history of the football club. And once again, 40 years on, we want to share memories with those guys that were there and and share in a celebration tribute, you know, at the end of 2021 season, where we can all come together as supporters and players again uh, and enjoy, yeah, and, and enjoy those memories that I'm sure most of us still have. And 40 years on, I've not forgotten them. And I never will, Callum, you know. And I don't think the fans who were there at the time will forget them either. So, you know, if you want a bit of the history, you want to read about it again, there's an opportunity for you to do that. And as you said before, we will be doing, hopefully, you know, we get the chance to do some Q&As around, around the area and fans can come in and, in, again, talk about it. Tell us about their experiences. Because you've got to remember, it's not just about our experiences. We want to know what the fans experienced as well. The ups and downs they went through. The, 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 at times, you know, what they had to do to get to a football game, you know, and, 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 and you know, to get home again. And, and then what they had to do all week to make sure that they had some money in the pocket to be able to go and watch that. 
you know, because at the time we all know it wasn't a, it wasn't the most prosperous time of uh, of, of uh, in Britain. You know, so there was a lot of things going on, but we want to we want to hear about the memories of the fans as much as they want to hear about us, and uh, you know, and we look forward, you know, to sort of really getting into a, a really good celebratory tribute sort of season, you know, to celebrate what happened in eighty eighty one. I have to say, Dennis, it's been an absolute privilege for me to speak to you, and I'd, I'd love to have you back one day to to talk about the European Cup season as well. Callum, any time, you know, and any time during the season that you you know you, you want us to come come on, just give us a shout, yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure some of the other guys would do the same as well, you know. And uh, so so really, all you need to do is just get in touch with us. Let me know, and if you want Tony Morley, you want Gary Shaw, you want Gordon Cowens, then you know we can uh, we can certainly organise that. So we'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave, and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song. We'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home in a deep sea. Cave. Shells will 